Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, I know you're going to love this show today. And we're going to talk about the fact that it's never too late to heal. Because I know a lot of people are hurting out there that have had losses maybe years ago. And we're going to get some good thoughts and advice on this idea that it's never too late to heal. So would you like to introduce our guest, Heidi? Absolutely, Mama. We're going to talk today about sibling loss, which is near and dear to my heart, as you know. And as you said, we're gonna talk about how it's never too late to heal. And oftentimes siblings, they do, we do put our grief on hold and then revisit it later. And like you said, mom, it's never too late. And our guest today is Dean Lose, and he is a brief sibling whose 15 year old brother died when he was just 20 years old. And as you know, mom, that's how old I was when Scott died. Uh, since that time, Dean has lost his mother and two brothers-in-law. He is a volunteer grief counselor at CARA. He is a, a group facilitator and a camp, camp counselor. And mom, I know that you're very familiar with CARA. Yes, because uh, my husband it. died last year, your dad, and I had uh, a group and also individual counseling with CARA because I thought, you know, I've talked the talk these years and I'm going to walk the walk. And I will have to say CARA was just invaluable for me. Um, to help me peer support and the kind of support I got and the kind of understanding. So um, important. And we'll be talking about that. So hi, do you want to uh, take it away? I do. So one last thing is Dean and I first connected because he completed a grief education certification program with David Kessler. And I spoke one day online at David Kessler's, um, his class. So welcome to the show, Dean. Thank you. Thanks. So great to have you on. I, I wondered in looking at this, um, how did you respond to your brother's death that you said it took you 20 years later um, to come back and revisit it? Uh, how did you respond at the time? Um, when it happened, um, it, was, it was a tragic accident. Him and a friend were playing with a gun and he was accidentally shot in the head. Mm -hmm. um, I was leaving the neighborhood in my car at the time and saw the uh, paramedics and fire engines at the house. And I said, oh, that's Ken's house. So I stopped um, and there was a, a small crowd and they, they said they thought someone may have been shot. And I walked up to the house and they were bringing him out oh my. on a gurney. Oh. And I rode with one paramedic, followed the one that he was in to Stanford Hospital. Um, and then he died two days later. Um, wow. Kind of a blessing that came out of this tragedy was my parents decided to donate his heart. Mm. And the lady that received his heart, Dr. Shumway, did that transplant. She wow. had two sons, 16 and 13. So, you know, his spirit continued within her. Um, it still continues within me and others, and they got to have a mother for another 15 years. Wow. That's amazing. So your brother saved her life, basically. What yes. was your brother's name? 
my brother's name was David. So David saved somebody's life, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's really hard to lose your younger brother. I think it's hard to lose any sibling, but I mean, we're older. I mean, I was 20 and my brother was 17 and you know, oh. your brother was 15. Right. You don't, ex you expect to grow old with your siblings and you expect that if anybody's going to die first, it's going to be you versus your younger brother. Yes. So it's, yes. it's a, just pretty shocking. No, I, I still have those thoughts. What would, would it have been like as he grew older and I was his older brother and what, you know, how our relationship would have evolved and yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so as my mom said, it sounds like you put your, your grief on hold for a little bit. I mean, what did, did it look like to do I that? I did. I, um, you know, it was, there was trauma when it happened for me, which I didn't yeah. recognize the kind of the depth of that. Um, did you get any counseling? I did not. No, no. So. I mean, that's pretty traumatic being with yeah, him. That whole yeah. Yeah. And I think there was, you know, some trauma, how, how the family handled it. Also, I, I wasn't, I wouldn't say cared for, but uh, the family dynamics were, you know, you kind of grieve and you move on, you know? Mm. I mean, my dad took down some of the pictures and, you know, my parents did the best they could, but, you know, they were in a lot of pain themselves. So um, 20 years later, I was doing a men's weekend and you know, you go in with some intention, but I didn't know there was going to be any kind of a grief grieving ceremony. And there was one this Saturday night and it just opened me up. There was, you know, maybe 200 men in this group and these swarms of, of grieving men. And it was just so um, powerful and kind of primitive in a way. And it's like, wow, I didn't expect that. And then continue to do men's work after that. So there was, you know, I, I embraced Dean, I'm, I'm wondering if being with men yeah. and, and watching them grieve gave you permission on some level to be able to get in touch with your own grief. Yes, yes. that's, yeah, that's right, Heidi. Because um, yeah. I didn't, I kept it pushed down. I, I didn't, I didn't open it up for very little. I mean, I wouldn't go to yeah. award ceremonies that, they had every year for his for a scholarship my parents started um you know just uh, kind of avoided it and kept it pushed down and you know realizing that there's a weight to doing that you know there just wasn't a lot of openness and communication i mean the family again they did the best they could too but it was it was kind of the the mode where you grieve and you move on and i'm you know in doing this work that's really not the case I felt like I needed to hide my grief because I felt like my parents were in a lot of pain, you and dad. And so I didn't want to cause them more pain. I didn't want to create a situation. I mean, they'd been through enough, our whole family had, I didn't want to create more pain for them. And so I think it, to a certain extent, I, I did hide it. And I did feel like, okay, I, I can't, I've got to be, I can't create problems for my parents. They've had enough to deal with. They can't mm -hmm. have to take care of me and my pain. So I think in that respect, yes, I definitely felt like to a certain extent I did, you know, put it on the shelf. The other thing is at 20, as you know, Dean, you know, we're trying to be normal 20 year olds. I was gonna say, yeah. 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 The maturity said, aspect, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody, none of my friends, I don't know about you, Dean, but none of my friends had ever had a, a brother or sister die, ever. 
Like no. they didn't understand, they couldn't even imagine that. I felt very alone in my grief because I looked at my friends and they weren't dealing with a sibling loss. Yeah, no, that was the first grief I'd experienced. Mm -hmm. you know. Me too. I had it, my aunts and uncles were much later on, you know, the, the, the normal progression of things. And this one was just so out of, out of sync. Yeah. Now, now did, did um, you went to the men's group? Was that after your mother's died and your brothers-in-law or? No, that you, was before. I then, wondered how it was after your mother died and, and your brothers-in-law, did that increase it or decrease it or? That, you know, by being involved in men's group, it gave me a place to, to do work around those losses and be more open to it, you know, because um, I had a place to go that was safe to share and, um, you know, get support around it. Now, now, Dean, I'm wondering with the men's group, because mm -hmm. men and women are different yeah. in the way, oftentimes in the way that they grieve. When you said that, you know, it opened you up when, when you were in that men's group, did they do anything like drumming or anything like that? Or was it just a talk? Let's talk. Um, there was, there was drumming in that uh, event, but it was later on, but it was, okay. Um, yeah, it was, they, they created kind of a sacred space to, to, to do this. And, and then, you know, I, I opened it up further, <laughs> did another men's weekend by another organization. And that one, I kind of had awareness going into it that, you know, I think I need to spend some more time with my grief. I kind of knew that. Yeah. And there went again into it and into a very deeper than the first time. And, yeah. and that was after the deaths of, it was in 2000, middle of 2000, that was the deaths of my brother-in-laws and mom. And I mentioned to the facilitator, I'm carrying all this. And he says, well, pick one. And I went back to my brother and picked oh. that one to do some more work. Wow. And that was, um, that was pretty intense. What's it done for you to, to oh, go? Oh, I, I would have never um, expected to be on this path because I avoided it for so long. And, you know, it was after that second men's weekend that I volunteered at CAR a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. And CAR is in Palo Alto, by the way, for people, uh, yeah. Palo Alto, California, which is where I live. And if you live in that county, it's a wonderful uh, organization. And there are lots of organizations around the United States, by the way, and you yes. can uh, look at your local, call your local hospice or your hospital or something and find these kind of organizations. Now, Heidi and I always talk about the fact that when you can start giving back, it really mm -hmm. starts feeling a healing thing and yes. talk about how that's been for you yeah well i mean sometimes the counselors at car say you know we're obviously we're still doing our work too in giving back and you know it 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 allows me to to keep my brother's spirit present if i'm doing a sibling loss group i'll share pictures of him mm. you know and being there um has been such a rich experience um you know, meeting people, supporting people, um, caring for people, and and being with the authentic person. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're doing, when you're in that space with another individual, mm -hmm. and that we deserve witnesses to our grief, mm -hmm. and that's what we're doing. We're the companion. You know, we're the peer counselors. We're with them, mm -hmm. and 
you know, they, they are our teachers, you know, and uh, each client is different. Like, you know, grief, each person's grief is different. Mm -hmm. And Dean, um, you also are a camp counselor for Cara. I yeah, saw. Yeah, I've done what that. Is, a what does that entail? I didn't know they had uh, camps. Yeah, I've done that a number of years and it's for ages uh, six to 17. And I've done teen boys. The number one question that we get asked, that my mom and I get asked by parents uh -huh. is my teenage boy is not talking and I'm worried that they're not grieving. So I didn't know if you had any ideas of how to get kids to open up more. And in fact, kids in general, or what you would say to that, the parent that would say that. Yeah, I would say they're still grieving. It's just at that age, it's a hard thing to express it. And just having a safe place to share a little bit, take some, some of those baby steps. Um, because it's a difficult age. You don't have any really peer support, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, and I remember at camp, which kind of, I still remember this one young man says, I feel more comfortable at camp than, than elsewhere. And I'm like, wow, this is a grief camp. He says, yeah, because I don't have to worry about all the filters, his filters and others. And he said, I can just be. Another question we get asked is, how can we get our teenage boys or girls go to group or get counseling. Yeah, yeah, you know, you want it to you want it to come from them. And I don't know, as a parent, you know, is there there's ways to maybe nudge them a little bit, you know? I don't know. It's it's a, that's a hard one. Um, um, I didn't want to talk about it. Do it in a way, do it to honor yourself and to honor the person that's passed, you know. Mm -hmm and try, take a risk, take a step and, and see how it goes. I don't know, that's it, a difficult one. Yeah, and maybe the reality is, maybe we have to look at the fact that it may be years for people and, and yeah. absorbing it. And we, people need to do it in their own time. Yeah. And yeah. thank goodness you did for the world. You're doing some wonderful work. Oh, thank uh, you. And tell us about your program with David Kessler. What, what are some of the main things you've learned from that? We love David. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, the one thing that, that kind of speaks to me is this whole aspect of integration. And he uses that word. And it was interesting after Heidi uh, was a guest speaker, you know, at the end, she put out an invite to open to hope and, and I don't know, something within me said, you know, I'm going to try that. I'm going to reach out, which is not normal because I'm kind of pretty private, you know, and getting more open with this as, as I get older. Um, and I realize that my integration is still happening. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's, it, you know, just like a person's grief is individual to them. Your integration is in, is unique and individual to yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. um yeah and things come to me still and i'm like well this is coming to me at this point in time this is this is different and mm -hmm. i think just being open to these types of things that come your way um is important yeah saying yes I, I love i love mom that dean has been open to saying yes to this because you 
are helping so many people out there normalize what they've gone through. Yeah. You're a guy and that voice often is not heard enough. And also you're a brief sibling and the vo that voice is definitely not heard enough. And you're showing that sometimes we do revisit our grief later on in life and that's okay. It's never too late. Yes. I, nice. That was nice, Heidi. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. Yes. Thank you for taking the risk, Dean. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Taking the time to join us and to honor your brother, David. Yeah. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful memory. And thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks, Dean. And thank Take you so much for building awareness for sibling loss for so many out there. Thank you. Take care. And thank you, everybody, for joining our show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.